Glory to God for His love and His grace towards us. Today I'm going to talk about the gift of repentance in line with hearing the voice of God. Uh, it is just wonderful to know that God has given us the gift of repentance. And so many times we haven't understood what that is. And we haven't actually seen that as a fruit of God communicating with us. Now this is really going to flow out of what I preached last Sunday. And I'm going to add some new verses to this. I would like to go and have a look in, in um, Isaiah. And just read from Isaiah 30 verse 15. It says the following. It says, for this is what the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, says. In repentance and rest you will be saved. In staying calm and trusting will be your strength. But you refused. Let me read that again. For this is what the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, says. In repentance and rest you will be saved. So it says here in repentance and rest. That repentance means turning back to God. And we're going to look in the New Testament exactly what it means to turn back to God and how God has granted us repentance and how repentance actually works. Uh, uh, listen to this beautiful verse here as well in Jeremiah 3 verse 22, which also explains how repentance works. It says, turn back or repent, unfaithful people, and I will heal your unfaithfulness. So he says to the unfaithful, turn back to me, and I will heal your unfaithfulness. So how is that possible? You know, so many times we think that we need to stop our unfaithfulness. And then when we stopped our unfaithfulness, that would be repentance. And then God would accept us. Where he says here clearly, he says, unfaithful people, come to me and I will heal your unfaithfulness. Um, he says, repent, unfaithful people, or come to me. And I will heal your unfaithfulness. What is very, very important to understand when it comes to repentance is that repentance and the message about the goodness of God goes hand in hand. It is impossible for us to repent in, um, unless we hear the message of grace and the good news. Because uh, repentance is not connected towards works, but it's connected uh, towards what we believe about God. It is not about uh, what we do for God. It's not about what we do for our neighbor. Uh, there is what we do for God or what we do for our neighbor or what actually God does through us. That we call the fruit that is fitting of repentance. Um, but that is not repentance. That's why it says to the unfaithful. He doesn't say to the unfaithful, stop your unfaithfulness. He says to the unfaithful, those who cannot be faithful to the law, those who cannot be faithful to a good life or anything like that. He says, come to me and I will heal your unfaithfulness. Do you see that uh, the, the ending of sin and the ending of the fruit of the flesh is actually uh, called a healing wherein God is the healer? So God heals you from hatred. God heals you from bitterness. God heals you from substance abuse. God heals you from codependency. God heals you from those things. It is not God demanding change in your life. God does not say, change and come to me. He says, repent. Let me read that again in Isaiah 30. This is a very, very powerful verse. Um, Isaiah 30 verse 15 says, for this is what the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, says. In repentance and rest, 
you will be saved, semicolon. This is the uh, International Standard Version, which then explains what he means by saying, repent and rest. He means, he says here, in staying calm and trusting will be your strength. So, what he's saying is, when we repent, is actually when we are staying calm. When we come to a place where something, where we enter a place where calmness can come to our hearts and where we just trust the Lord. So, um, repentance and being calm has got a lot to do with each other. And uh, it was impossible for the Old Testament people, although I'm reading from the Old Testament here, um, it was impossible for the Old Testament people to repent with repentance of the New Testament. Because under the old, uh, you know, under the old, it was not exactly, or let me put it this way, it was not known to the people what we know today. And under the old, we don't find a message that could clearly portray the finished work of Jesus and what God intended. People were living in a shadow. So they didn't understand and they, they couldn't repent with an accurate repentance. So repent in the, um, in the Greek, the, the word metanoia, means to, um, to have a change in mind. Change your mind. God says, change your mind. And the Bible also states that God has granted repentance to the Jews. Or He has even granted repentance to the Gentiles. Uh, repentance to God and the forgiveness of sins was preached. So, you had to repent towards God. Now, how do you repent towards God? Do you turn towards God or you have a changed mind about God? That is how you repent. And that is also the place where we find in Isaiah where it says we are calm. We are calm. So repentance also, it means to have a change of mental faculty, to have a change. If, if I had to add something to Strong's or Thayer's definitions, I would say a change of the very source that produces your thoughts. In other words, a complete different foundation from where you reason and where you think. Now, in order for us to repent, that foundation had to be laid and it had to be introduced to us. And God wanted us to repent of what we were thinking about Him. He also wanted us to repent of the system by which we thought we could have eternal life. He wanted us to repent from that. So... Um, or return back to God. Now, the best way I can explain return back to God is, let's go back to a place where God does the holiness and the, and making, the making of us, uh, or the bring forth of our holiness and righteousness. Let's give it back to God. Let's, let's turn back to God. Uh, you know, if you have somebody that do a job for you, and um, he, he, did a, he did a good job, but you decided, well, I'm going to do this thing on my, by my own or whatever, and you find that you struggle and that you cannot do it, just return back to the guy who can do the job. And when you return back to the guy that can do the job, that is what it basically means, means to repent, to turn back to. And uh, let me uh, use a, a practical example uh, about this. 
there was a guy, and I'm just sharing from my heart. There was a guy here in town. I took my car to him to have it repaired. I can do the job myself as well. I just don't have the time to do it. And uh, so I took it to him and um, he did a very good job. But he's not very good in communication. And there was still a little uh, fault on the car uh, that I came back to him and he said to me, get me at my workshop at 2 and I was there at 2 and he wasn't there. And then now get me tomorrow at 8 and I was there and he didn't pitch up. And um, it's not that he's not a good mechanic. The thing is he's just not good with, with communication and keeping time. But when he works on the thing, it's just such a good job. So, um, so I decided I'm not going to go to him anymore because of that. But then on my other car, something broke. And I, I realized that to repair this thing, I can repair it, but I'll have to go and read the manual. I'll have to go through so much labor, so much hours of study on how to do this job, to, to repair this thing. And he knows. So what did I do? I went back to him and he repaired my car for me in a day. So it is in, in the very same way that is, that is what repentance actually is. It's when we come to a place where we realize we cannot bring forth holiness. We cannot get to a place where we have eternal life and attain unto eternal life by our works. But we come to a place where we say, well, if I really think about everything, let me turn back to God for He is the only one that can actually do this. He is the only one that can bring this forth. And as much as would I would take my car back to this and return to this mechanic where I thought, well, I, I'm not going to go with him anymore. He can't communicate properly, so let me go to someone else. And then I realized, well, there is not somebody else that works on BMW in our town. So, um, and he really actually knows what he's doing. And then I took it to him. And you know, when I took it to him, I became calm. Because all of a sudden, it was not my problem to repair this anymore. Because I was taking it to God. In the very same way, we find um, the very same truth we find in this verse. Let me read it again. It says, For this is what the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, says. In repentance, in staying calm, and rest or trusting, you will be saved. So how do we get saved? In giving the job to God. And in um, staying calm. Trusting in the Lord. Now how will you give this job back to God unless you have the mind that He is good enough and able to do that. He is good enough and able to do that. So, um, if I come to a place where I want to take my car back to that guy, although we differed about things, what caused me to bring back the car was two things. Number one, I realized my inability to repair the car at that moment. And on Tuesday, I'm driving to Durban, which is a thousand miles. So this, that car has to be repaired. So I'm in a place where I come to the realization of my inability by my own, by my own works. But because I see he, this guy loves cars, he loves what he does, 
he's a friendly guy, um, you know, he's not, he's just not good with time. But the rest of him is good, he's a good mechanic. The goodness that there is inside him led me to a place where I could return to him and give the job to him. That is what it is. That is how the whole thing works. In the very same with God. That's why the Bible says, don't despise the goodness of God. Are you ignorant that it's the goodness of God that will lead you to repentance? So that we see in Romans 2 verse 4. Uh, but yet we also find in Isaiah clearly, it says here, I wanted, I, I, I say this to you. I say to you that in staying calm and trusting, you'll be strengthened. That's where your strength is. But you refused. If you read that passage in Isaiah, you'll see that it says that we will flee on horses and we will do this. And what they actually did was they put their, their trust in their own ability and say that we will save ourselves. I want to tell you, you cannot save yourself from depression. You cannot save yourself from anxiety. You cannot save yourself from anything. What you need to do, and this is where I want to link it to last Sunday's message, and, and I want to uh, uh, end this off by uh, uh, just tapping it into last Sunday's message, is you need to hear enough of the goodness of God that the message of goodness would allow you to repent uh, or to have a new mind, to have a change of mind about certain things. You know, if we read Psalm 40, and I mentioned it last time, and I'm sure some theologians might differ with me on this point, but this is what I see there. Psalm 40 is a shadow or, or a prayer that's prophetically written down about Jesus and his life. And what he says there, he says, Father, you've opened my ears. You have given me understanding. I know that you don't want animal sacrifice. Now, if God opened the ears of Jesus, it means that the ears had to be closed at a certain point of time. But what he says, if you read the verses in Psalm 40, he says, many are your good works. Look at the order. And this is what Psalm 40 says. Let's go to Psalm 40 and let's read it. Not rush through this. Let's do it properly. I hope you're enjoying this message. I'm enjoying it. It says in Psalm 40, it says, um, many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. So what is, and this is a prayer of Jesus. This is even quoted in Hebrews 10. It says, many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts which are to us word. Jesus comes and he prays as a human. And when he prays as a human, he says, O God, I see so many beautiful thoughts that you have to us word. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto you. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. So you see, here we come and, and, and what Jesus is saying is there is more beautiful thoughts than what can be numbered in the mind of God to us word. Do you see how he say, didn't just say to, towards me as Jesus the Savior, but to us word. He is identifying himself with mankind. And he says that your thoughts, O God, are so good that um, 
it cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. Um, if I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. And now he goes on and explains what, he, what the big revelation now is. Now there comes a change all of a sudden in this passage. Almost a repentance. Almost a, what we would call a, call a change of mind. Or a place where we turn the whole thing back to God. Um, Jesus comes and he says, Father, you don't demand sacrifice and offering. So... Jesus was in a place where he grew up as a Jewish boy, wherein he was a partaker of certain sacrifices. Now, one of the things he was a partaker of was very physical as pertaining to his own body. He was circumcised. And Jesus, as a young boy, followed all the customs of Moses. And all the Jewish customs, he followed all of those things. He was wearing all those things that we would say today is just blasphemy. You know, why would you wear such a thing? Jesus did all of that. And in that, the Holy Spirit pointed out and led him to just see all the good things of God. And when he was seeing all the goodness of God, then all of a sudden he comes and there's a massive shift in his mind. He says, sacrifice and offering, which was taught that was uh, as something demanded by God. He says here, you did not desire. My ears have you opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It's written of me. This is also uh, mentioned in Hebrews and where it says, a body you've prepared for me. So he said, listen, all of a sudden Jesus comes and he gives a major revelation here. What we can call a repentance, what we can call a turning back to God wherein everything was in what we had to sacrifice to God, all of us suddenly says, God has got no delight in your sacrifice. But what he has done, he has prepared a body. I realize this speaks about me. All of a sudden, we find a repentance here. It's not God, what do you demand? It is, God, what are you giving? Can you see that? Glory to God. Glory to God. You need a, you know, we need a lot of good news to, in order to come to repentance, man. Don't just give one little good news. Give a lot of good news. And then you will find repentance <laughs> coming to your heart. In the ab absence of good news, you will find it difficult. I, I said to our church this morning, I said to them, um, church, you know, and I, I found that in my churches, in the web church, and other friends of mine's grace churches, we find people come, check out a church, look at what is preached. Oh yeah, this is good news. And yeah, good news, hallelujah, happy for a while. And then basically, okay, but now where's the fruit of this? Where's, where's the, you know, where's some fruit, be it a change of life, be it a healing, a miracle, or a big car, or whatever fruit they would think, or more of a kick they want. And, and then they would go to another church and check that out and, and, and do the church hopping thing and become very despondent. Let me tell you something. There is no other way. And I, I said it this morning and I'm saying to you today in this live webcast. There is no other way unto true life but 
hearing the goodness of God until you find repentance coming forth in your heart. And from a changed mind or a, a changed mental faculty or a new foundation from where you reason, <clears throat> you will start to understand certain things. And from there, you will start to see revelation about certain things. Now, what is the job of good news? Or what, what does good news bring forth? It brings repentance unto God, meaning we turn back to God. It's a message that would declare God capable of single-handedly save you from what destroys you and what kills you. That is what the good news does. It's a message that can persuade the human heart to turn back to God as the one that would save them, as the one that can heal their unfaithfulnesses, as the one that can heal their broken hearts, as the one that can heal them from the power of the flesh, as the one that can heal them from their hurts, as the one that can heal them from their sins. So that is what he is talking about. Now, I want to just uh, read one or two more verses there, and then we can end this off. Um, in Acts. It says, God has exalted to his right hand this very man, Jesus, as our leader and savior, in order to extend repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. Verse, chapter 11, verse 18. When they heard this, they calmed down and praised God by saying, So God has given repentance that leads to life, even to Gentiles. So what he's saying here is that God has given repentance that leads to life. God has given repentance and the remission of sins. So the remission of sins we have seen as leave your sins and that is repentance. No, 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 no. Repentance brings forth deliverance from sin. If I would um, tell you that um, Iran and Iraq is a wonderful place to go for a holiday, you would say to me, are you crazy? You know, I'm not going there you will find that it would be impossible for you, even if there is the best, even if there is one of the best holiday resorts, which is the safest, which would treat you so well, it would be an unforgettable experience on account of the goodness that you've experienced there, even if that is there. You will never be able to experience that goodness wherein you can have stress relief unless you repent of what you believe about that country. And you will not be able to repent about what you believe about that country unless what is said about the country is good and true. I hope you understand what I'm, what I'm trying to say. Let's say there's the best holiday resort you can ever imagine in so, somewhere in the M Middle East where there's war. And let's say that it's safe and good. It is true. Unless you hear enough good about that, enough good about the safety at the airports, enough good about all that, 
you will not be able to give the, the peace you get from a holiday over to that resort. And trust them to bring forth calmness in you, peace in you, a, a, a restoration and whatever you get at, uh, during a holiday. In the very same way it is with God. God in Christ has granted us repentance. In other words, in Jesus, He has pointed out who the Father really is to the point that we can now repent and give salvation from death over to God and not try and save ourselves. Not try and save ourselves from substance abuse, not trying to save ourselves from any of those things. But simply having a life where we experience the goodness of God on account of who He really, really is. So, God has come to give us and grant us repentance by how good He is towards us. Now, there's repentance and forgiveness of sins. And I close with explaining forgiveness of sins. The word forgive means to send away, to end a contract, <clears throat> to deliver from the oppressing power. That's what the word forgive means. Forgive doesn't mean I'm not angry with you or I don't keep anything against you. Actually, a good word for forgive would mean to, to set free or to deliver. So, when we repent, when we can see the truth about God in how He loves us, as God pampers us with His goodness, remember the, how we hear the voice of God? We are pampered into having new feelings, into having new thoughts. So when we are pampered unto repentance from where, to the point where we return to God, where we give salvation and our freedom and our deliverance and our healing over to God, where we can give our children over to God, not on account of a will's decision, but because of an overwhelming amount of facts. When that takes place, then we find the new thoughts come forth and the righteousness that comes on account of the doing of God will start to shine in our lives. And that's what we call the forgiveness of sins. So, when we repent about what we have believed about God, there is a power in that that gives you a brand new life. Now that is repentance and forgiveness of sins. Church, I would like to just thank you that you've slotted in. And um, if you've slotted in for a very first time, or maybe you faithfully listen to these messages, I would like to encourage you that if you have any prayer request or any need, contact one of our web pastors Go to dynamicministries.com, click on Web Fellowship in the top left corner and there you will find the numbers of all of our web pastors. Contact one of them and they would gladly pray with you and agree with you concerning any matter and know their job and who they are in their hearts is to point you to what pampers you unto repentance which results in a brand new life. And that is the method, that's how the thing works. So... Uh, know that you are loved, you are cared for, and that you are very, very precious to God. Thank you so much that you've slotted in, and I will see you again next Sunday.